Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Hyatt Ziva Riviera Cancun at CheapCaribbean.com. That's CheapCaribbean.com. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Give yourself a delicious escape from the afternoon with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Hi, it's Amanda, and you're listening to The Conversation About the Men. I am going to be talking to men because I'm really curious to learn more about where men are at. I am the mother of a teenage son. I am married to a man for 20 years. A couple of my best friends are men. I love men, and I realize that I have a lot to learn about them, and I'm really curious to hear from some incredible men and some experts just about where men are at uh, because they've certainly had a monumental cultural reckoning over the last few years. And I've been having some really fascinating conversations privately that I wanted to share with you. However, today I had one of my all-time favorite conversations with one of the most well-respected therapists in the world, Terry Real. Terry has a new book out called Us, which is focused on the toxic culture of individualism. He talks a lot about the patriarchy and dismantling it. He talks a lot about how to teach men to be more relational, to be more vulnerable, to be more authentic, how to be a more whole person and what a, a new paradigm for manhood could possibly look like. I was so fascinated by some of the things he shared with me. And this is really one of my favorite interviews and I hope you'll enjoy hearing it as much as I enjoyed speaking to him. Hi, Terry. Hi, Amanda, how you doing? I'm doing good, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. I am so looking forward to talking to you. I loved your new book. I listened to it on audio. So I feel very familiar with your voice. And um, I actually am making my husband read it at the moment. Uh, he said this morning, he was like, oh, you're interviewing Terry Real. Make sure you tell him that you have made it mandatory requirement <laughs> that I read his book. I said, yeah, I will let him know. Um, and I like to say uh, my books appear under guys' pillows all over the U.S. Well, it's that has happened in my home, too, although I was, as you can imagine, a lot more forward about it. So, um, but I, I, I have a hard copy and I have an audio and I just love it. So I'm really pleased you, you've written it. And this series that I'm doing, I really wanted to talk to men. Um, I historically interview a lot of women, but I feel really strongly that it's time that women also get to understand men a little better and reach across the aisle. 
um, and create a kind of communal space for us to have dialogue. So um, I'm, ex- yeah, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to, to learning, to be honest. And I wanted to ask you, you've been working with men for so many years. Generally yeah. speaking, what would you say are the areas that men are most challenged? Oh, relationship. Men are most challenged by relationship. You know, uh, after 50 years of feminism, girls and women have significantly changed. Uh, It's not perfect, but there's been a sea change. Uh, You ask girls, uh, young girls nowadays, what makes a good woman? And you'll get anything. I mean, they feel I'll, I'll be president, I'll be an astronaut, I'll be whatever. You ask boys to this day, and you're going to get the same stereotypical images of what makes a man that you would have gotten 50 years ago. It hasn't changed a bit. Now, I will say that generally speaking, uh, younger men are better than baby boomers like me. Uh, they've been raised by feminist mothers, uh, many of them. So younger men, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the younger generation. Younger men are, um, by and large, uh, you know, supportive of gay marriage, understanding that uh, some of it's economic, that they're going to be a two-career family, uh, a, a little more in touch with their emotions, a little more willing to, to work around the house. Than, than my generation. But you're still saying that, that you feel like men are the most challenged when it comes to relationship. Do you mean intimate the partner old, relationship? The, the, old, the old rules hold sway. And to this day, the essence of traditional masculinity is invulnerability. The more invulnerable you are, the more manly you are, the more vulnerable you are, the more girly you are, which is not a good thing. Look at boys' superheroes. Uh, they're they're uh, made of steel. And um, the problem is that women across the West are insisting on levels of emotional intimacy from men that traditionally boys and men have stamped out of them. Um, we know from research by, you know, if you read the research on women, the wound to women when women, quote, lose their voice and learn to over-accommodate uh, comes at the age of adolescent, 13, 14. Yeah, that's when we lose most girls. Right. The wound to boys, three, four, five years old. And that wound you're saying is the suppression of emotion and the lack of encouragement to communicate vulnerability. Absolutely. By the time before boys have reached kindergarten, they've already read the code. They can feel emotions at three, four, five, but they don't express them. And and, uh, that is the boom of traditional masculinity and patriarchy landing on our sensitive little sons, three, four, five. But let me ask you a question. If the next, you're saying the next generation or the current generation of fathers or men are slightly more evolved, Better. right? Um, surely they're raising boys with more awareness of being a complete person and allowing vulnerability and feelings. So that is hopeful, right? Yes. Better, but not where we need to be. Better. Better. Yeah, you know, our culture, look, here's the the clash. We've never wanted more from relationships than we do right now, historically. My mom, your grandparents. You mean getting it all from one place, like expecting our partner to be our best friend, our business advisor, our lover, our, you know, teacher. You mean getting, wanting all of those needs met in one person. And for life, COVID's done that though. COVID has put people together and removed many other support systems. So often people are going to their partners for everything now. And of course people can't meet that need. Yes, and we have a great romantic ambition. We really want to be lifelong lovers in, in a way that generations ago, a companionship was good enough. Now we really, we have great sex in our 50s and 60s and 70s. 
We want to have heart-to-heart -heart talks. We really want to be intimate. But our culture is not an intimate culture. We live in a patriarchal, as I write about in the book, individualistic culture. And we simply don't teach our sons and daughters and non-binary kids uh, the tools that we need to pull this off. Well, so what, what we do we need though? strong ambition. What do we need when you're saying we don't teach them the tools to pull this off? You're, what, what would some of those tools be? Well, for men, uh, we need to learn to yield. Uh, men are yielding phobic. Uh, men are taught that uh, we don't get told what to do and we particularly don't get told what to do by, by women. women. Yeah, that's true. It's it's and viewed as a weakness. Yielding is a is a is a is a choice, and yet the action of relenting or receiving historic, you know, I would say women are more of the vessel and they tend to receive. Whereas if you just look at the difference between a vagina and a penis, women are receiving and men are inserting, right? And so I think women receive more and men assert and enter that space and I think allowing allowing for those gender roles to shift where women are able to be more assertive at times and men are able to receive more is the challenge but what is needed yeah well uh, uh, interestingly enough um, uh, it, 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 that works in the bedroom uh, in heterosexual relationships a lot um, I don't want men to get so receptive that they don't know how to uh, be assertive in the bedroom because that's unattractive. Uh, a woman does not want that. Yeah, yeah, that's a complaint. But but that's uh, the, so that's the tricky part, isn't it? Because a man who's too vulnerable and too leading with his feelings. I mean, I look. I'm in a marriage for 20 years. When my husband comes at me with too many feelings, too many days a week, I'm like, oh my god, shut up. Like I find myself going into that other role of like, I don't care how you feel. I'm sick of hearing about your feelings. Just like get on and take care of shit, man. You know, it's terrible. But like, what is that balance? Uh, yeah, exactly. And, and you know, I, I hate to tell you, but uh, women can be patriarchal just like men. Oh, don't even get me started on how women have internalized the patriarchy and are continuing that out in the world. I have a lot of firsthand experience with that. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sorry to tell you, Amanda, but you do want your husband to be coming, coming to you with his feelings. I do. I was yeah. being, I was being, you know, flip, but of course I do, but not so much that it's overshadowing my feelings. Well, you don't want him to be a big baby about it. Right. You don't, you don't want him to combine new age vulnerability with old age entitlement oh my god no you see this is the thing that that you talk about this you talk about the kind of eye culture right and people's and i i say that it's a narcissistic culture where right. people are so focused on themselves and we're living in a time where it's all about me my voice me being heard my opinion my point of view what i have to say on it and there is this toxic self-obsession that you have identified as being this kind of eye culture that takes us out of union and partnership with people when I'm so focused on me. And so there is this very confusing language, which is this new age self-reflective talk that is still wrapped in me, me, me. Yeah, well, a lot of men get in touch with their feelings and they're still big babies about it. Uh, it, 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 that ain't it. Uh, you need to step into partnership. But partnership is whole. You can be a whole man and be a partner. You have to learn skills. That's not pushing the guy back to be a macho dick who isn't doesn't have any feelings and you know just like whatever. You look, it, it, you know, we talk a lot about how in relationships women don't have voice, but men don't have voice either. Yeah. It can be yeah. entitled, but they don't have voice. Well, they don't Women have the language that people are able to. They don't right. have the language that allows their partner to hear them. People just go into their right. their their defensive positions with with the old the same old language that everyone's been using. 
That's exactly right. And so what both uh, genders need to learn is how to, all genders need to learn uh, how to, um, how to stand up. You know, one of the things I'm teaching people is how to stand up for yourself with love. Yes, I've been, I've been reading about that. How to assert yourself and cherish your partner in the relationship uh, in the same breath. And that's new for our culture. A lot of times when people find their voice, uh, they're pissed off and they speak up with what I call individual empowerment. I was weak, now I'm strong, go screw yourself. That's exactly right. Relational empowerment is I was weak, now I'm strong. I'm gonna stand toe to toe with you. I'm gonna duke it out with you. This is what I want from you. Now listen to this. What could I give you to help me give that to me? That's Who collaborative. Like that? That's collaborative. How can how can we work together to make this work for both of us? We're in this together. Ultimately, what you're talking about is you're you're dismantling patriarchy in many ways. And I'm wondering yes. how receptive your male clients are to this concept. I'm utterly explicit about it. Uh, I say explicitly. Uh, leading men, women, non-binary folks into intimacy is synonymous with leading them out of the culture of individualism and out of patriarchy. Patriarchy wasn't built for intimacy. It was built for production and consumption. Yes. It's got nothing to do with intimacy. This is an historically new demand. So teaching a man to open up his heart, share his feelings, yield to his partner, be generous, give in. Uh, this is all undoing traditional masculinity. And I'm, I'm explicit about it. I, I will say to somebody, Harry, you're a statistic, man. There are uh, hundreds of thousands of Harrys being dragged to offices just like mine so that people like me can teach you how to be more relational. It's good for you. It's good for your body. You'll live longer. It's good for your kids. You'll be a better dad. Roll up your sleeves. Let me teach you a few things how to do this better. Are you up for it? And when I'm straightforward like that with guys, and it's not just because I'm a man either. Most RLT therapists are uh, the are relational life therapy. Yeah, I but I have heard from my the guys I know that see you that you are really great at talking to men in a way that allows them to hear you. I mean, let's because not forget that relational therapy came from, from you and your mind, right? And, and your life experience. So you've obviously developed an approach that is highly effective. Well, I, 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 I bring the man along. I help him see that it's in his interest. It's relational. What you are doing is role modeling relational behavior. Yeah, and I talk about myself and my marriage in ways that other therapists don't. All RLT therapists do that. But I do wanna say, uh, a great many RLT therapists are women. The guys I can't deal with, I send to my wife, Belinda. She takes care of them in no time. Well, and, she's probably um, got skills being married to, to you know, I'm not saying like you specifically, but being married for how many years, 35? 37 years. 37 years. I mean, that's a woman with a lot of experience. Yeah, and she's perfectly capable of looking at a guy and saying, listen, let me tell you, speaking as a woman, what you're doing right now is a real turnoff. Let me, so I use guy to guy, uh, but female therapists can use woman to guy. It's mm -hmm. uh, as long as you're assertive enough to sit there and use it. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. 
Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save 40% site-wide. Get 40% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. So I want to talk to you about the place that men are in today, because men have had a massive cultural reckoning with the Me Too movement and with fourth wave feminism. So would it be fair to say that there are a lot of men who feel lost and unclear on how to behave around women due to sort of overwhelming fear of saying or doing the wrong thing? Absolutely. Most of the men that I, I mean, there are Neanderthals here and there, but most of the men I work with are good-hearted, well-meaning, and utterly bewildered, yeah. and somewhat put upon. It's like, what the hell do you want from me, for Christ's sake? Mm -hmm. And uh, as you were saying, they don't know whether they're coming and going. Uh, I want you to share your feelings, but not too much. I, I, I want you to be soft and sensitive, but not in the bedroom. In the bedroom, I want you to throw me against the wall and do me. Yeah. Uh, it's like, you know, uh, uh, would you please let me know what the hell is going on here? Mixed um, messaging. Well, actually, actually, what that is requiring is is many sides of a man, right? That's right. And I have no issue with that. People act like that's a big problem, but I just want people to be whole. Yeah. You know, I want I want uh, it to to be to stay binary. I want women to be uh, sexy and soft and also firm and assertive and smart and competent. I want men to be big and strong, but also open-hearted and receptive and yielding. Mm, I uh, love that. 
So I want us to be everything. So what do you say to your male patients when you have men that come to you and say, I'm not sure if I've done things in the past with, with women that were not fully consensual? Because I have guy friends that have come to me and have said, you know, I, given the understanding that I have now, I think that there are times where I have not been fully consensual and I'm trying to reckon with that. So I'm wondering how you've approached that with some of your clients. Well, first I would validate it. I'm sure that's true. I'm sure that's true. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then I would ask, I, 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 I take the guy's hand and we would dive into it together. What's that like for you to look at? And how are you going to make peace with yourself about having done that? Do you want to make repair? Uh, are there people you need to call? It, it, do you want to make repair in terms of um, maybe for the next six months you want to spend uh, one day uh, every other weekend at a woman's shelter uh, painting? Living amends. Making, yeah, making, making amends. How, how do you want to be in relationship to this? And then... That's a beautiful suggestion, by the way. Well, thank you. I really like that. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, a little uh, forgiveness. Self-forgiveness. A little forgiveness. The culture has shifted. The rules have shifted. Uh, uh, you know, you probably weren't malevolent. You, you, maybe, and if that's true, we'll deal with it. But uh, you were just stupid and pushy and misguided. And, um, you know, there's a difference between shame and remorse. Yes. And it, it's what we try and do with our kids. Uh, you feel bad about your bad behavior and still hold yourself in warm regard as a flawed person. That's remorse. Uh, For I anyone in, that isn't clear, that is remorse. And then do you want to describe shame? Shame is, uh, is a, a, a personal attack. I'm a big shit. I'm an asshole. I should go die. And... You know, one of the things I teach, a lot of the reason why women and therapists uh, are afraid to confront men uh, is because of the fear that they'll go from inflation to deflation. From you mean the male, the, the ego? Yeah, from grandiosity to shame. It's like that you puncture them and, oh my God, I can't believe what a shit I was. Flip sides and, of the same coin. Right. And you see them, I see them do that in my office. And when they do, I explain the difference between shame and remorse. When you move from bad behavior, that's one form of self-preoccupation. I'm entitled, I deserve, to, uh, to shame. Uh, I'm a big shit, I'm a terrible person. You go from one form of self-preoccupation and guess what? A different form of self-preoccupation. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I've had guys say, uh, don't talk to me. I'm, I feel so bad about what I did to you. Excuse me? Or even comfort me because I feel so bad. No, no, no. You're still Remorse. taking up the same amount of space. It's just with a different emotion. Yeah, it's all about me. Yeah, all about me. Yeah. Remorse pulls you to the person you hurt. How do I make amends to you? What can I do to help you feel better? I mean, look, I and grew up in, in a, I grew up in a structure my recovery is based in a structure that really does promote amends. So I, that's part of my recovery for 20 plus years. So I'm a big advocate for making amends, living amends. If, if making direct amends, which most of the time when it comes to fidelity issues, making direct amends is not a good idea. Um, so the, the alternative right. of living amends, which you mentioned, I think is really beautiful. And do you think there is a way for men who have um, been ostracized from society through bad behavior, bad sexual conduct um, to be allowed back in to our culture? Is there any kind of reparations that we could um, allow at this point? Some of them have just done things, you know, that they're never coming back. Like Harvey Weinstein, never coming back. Bill Cosby, never coming back. But there are right. some people who, you know, a bit of a gray area, Maybe that person should be able to come back. Yeah. What can they do to take ownership and come back into our society? Well, you just said it. 
they need to, they need to uh, be accountable. Uh, they need to acknowledge what they did. They need to acknowledge the impact of what they did on others and how it hurt others. Uh, so empathy, along with accountability, uh, remorse, I feel bad about uh, what I did. Uh, understanding, uh, here's what set me up to do what I did. That's not an excuse, this isn't mansplain. But there is room for, let me tell you a little bit about what my experience was. Uh, and then reparation. And uh, reparation can, like, I had a guy, terrible story. I had a guy as a young man, he was uh, a heroin addict, uh, a, a gang member in New York. And uh, he, um, uh, he, he mauled an old man in the park. He hit him over the head with a skateboard, stole his money, and left him there to die. And he's been haunted ever since. That was, you know, 40 years ago. And, um, you know, this is a, nothing compared to what happened to that man. Who knows what happened to him? Uh, but he worked in a men's shelter for five years. And he was in his, he was expiating his debt uh, to this man. And it's what we teach parents. I'm going to be doing a course on relational uh, parenting in the fall. Oh my gosh, and, I want to come to that. But when, when you discipline a kid, always leave them an avenue of rehabilitation. Mm. Always give them an opportunity to repair. And, you know, there are people, Harvey, there are, there are predators uh, who need to be removed from society for, it's, they're dangerous. But the vast majority of people can repair if you give them an avenue. Do you think that culturally we're in a place where people are open to hearing men who have made bad choices take ownership and for them to be allowed back in? No, I don't think we are. I think that the shoe is on the other foot and that uh, people in general and a lot of women, in, I'm gonna get into trouble for this when I say it, a lot of women in particular have backed up into self-righteous indignation uh, and uh, the kind of avenging angel uh, uh, victimhood, angry victimhood and they're just not in a very forgiving mood. Um, I hope that it's a moment in the culture. Uh, the Me Too revolution was an incredible sea change. For the first time in the history of the West, the perpetrator was held accountable and not protected and women spoke up. But um, it, it's about, you know, early stage feminism was like this too. Uh, it was harsh toward men. And I think we need a man loving feminism on this planet. Oh my God, Terry Real. This is why I wanted to speak to you because I agree with you. I agree with you that the pendulum has swung so far in the other direction, which with every movement it needs to do, so that, but we need to find balance. And I'm interested in a feminism that is equal, that is inclusive, and that loves all genders, men included. And it's really important that we start to talk about this. And what would that look like? Well, it looks, you start with the understanding that um, the system of patriarchy destroys men as well as women. Mm. That the system of patriarchy is a bad deal for everybody who lives inside of it. And it's true that men have power over women. And when you step out of, uh, of the United States and you move into other cultures, patriarchy is pretty uh, virulent. Uh, that's all true. Having said that, I talked to the guys I work with about what I call poison privilege. 
What's that? Uh, Rabindranath Tagore, an Indian poet, once wrote, uh, a, "A knife, all a, a mind, all truth is like a knife, all blade. It cuts the hand that wields it. Poison privilege is an entitlement that destroys the person who's using the entitlement." It's like resentment, which is taking the poison and hoping it will kill somebody else. Meanwhile, it's killing you. Yes, Grandia, you know, part of my work, and if I can say my contribution is looking not just at issues of shame, one down inferiority, but also looking at issues of grandiosity, one up superiority, being above the rules, being entitled, being contemptuous of others, lashing out. And if you work with men, you have to know how to help men come down from grandiosity. And how do you help them? You teach them that it's in their interest to come down from grandiosity. That grandiosity is poison. And why is it poison? Because, first of all, uh, contempt going out, we call grandiosity. Contempt going in, we call shame. Either way, that. it's not a good deal. It's not a good deal. And every minute that flashlight of contempt goes out is a minute you're inviting it to swing in and beat the heck out of yourself as well. It, it, this is no way to live. The other thing is that grandiosity um, cuts connection. You cannot be intimate. That's one of the big points in the book. It's what I call coming out of the great lie. You cannot be intimate from either the one down shame position or the one up superior grandiose position. Love demands democracy. It does. And I just want to flag that intimacy is so uncomfortable for so many people because they're not used to it, because it, it feels so awkward. Vulnerability when you're not used to it can feel so raw, like you've taken a layer of your skin off and you're standing out in the sun, <laughs> you know? So even though what we're saying is, you know, intimacy and connection is the ultimate goal that so many people do when you, you know, I, you know, underneath all of it, everybody wants connection and to be loved and to be seen um, and appreciated and valued, loved. Um, but to get to that point, even for people to know that that's what they want and for them to be able to be comfortable, to be vulnerable, is such a challenge. So how do you get the buy-in on that? You know, uh, I have a lot uh, of good uh, allies in my corner. Uh, the bottom line is, but first of all, let me say, yes, intimacy is frightening. Terrifying. The vulnerability, the vulnerability of connection is frightening. And the more trauma you have in your background, the more frightening it is. Yes, I, I come from trauma, so you're speaking to my profile right now. Well, uh, excuse me, sorry. That's okay. Okay, we'll edit it out. And most, and most people, right, you've taught, there's like this big trauma, you know, trauma with the big T and trauma with the little T, you know, having a teacher tell you that you're no good at something is a mini trauma for a kid. So t show me an individual that hasn't experienced some trauma. No, of course, we were raised by imperfect people and imperfect people hurt us and uh, that's trauma. And so here's the thing, here's, here's my ace in the hole. It's what we want. The relational connection is what we as human beings are designed for. It's how the body works best. You know, uh, intimate connection uh, is as, it, what are some, not having intimate connection in your life is the equivalent of a pack and a half of cigarettes a day, physically. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's health is, benefits of having a, an intimate connection. That's right. It's what we want for our kids. Uh, it's the only thing that's going to make us happy and satisfy us. But we're we hardwired. Then... We're hardwired to co-regulate, coexist, right? So you're saying that Absolutely. that that is your ace in the hole because that is that's our basic Darwinism. Yeah, people, you know, relational life therapy uh, is known for creating profound change quickly. And how it works is if we can spoon somebody 
into the jet stream of relational connection, even though it's scary, it feels so much better to be connected than to be disconnected that people want more and they begin to, it self reinforces. So it's what we want deep down. And yeah, it takes courage. You have to have courage to be intimate. That's where therapists and, and authors and podcasters uh, can empower people to take a breath and reach for something, you know, for some uh, is reaching for more assertiveness uh, and having the courage to do that. For others is reaching for more vulnerability. I, I have a saying, I want the weak to stand up. I want the mighty to melt. Uh, we have to meet in the middle with each other. Yeah, I've heard you say that. I've heard you say that. Um, I just want to ask you, you talk about coming from a father who was um, loving, but you said also had anger issues. I'm paraphrasing. What you, yeah. you in your own marriage, you must have had your own challenges being raised in that environment. Yes. What happened in your life that you decided to do the work that obviously you've done yourself to grow and expand as a man? Beautiful question. Um, it's, um, it's the height of pretension to quote yourself, but if you'll forgive me, I will. This is from my very first book. I don't want to talk about it. Family is probably my single uh, most famous quote. Family pathology, family pathology, rolls from generation to generation, taking down everything in its path, like a fire in the woods, until one person in one generation has the courage to turn and face the flame. That person brings peace to his ancestors and spares the children that follow. Uh, Belinda grew up in a violent home. I grew up in a violent home. Our defaults, our adaptations, which I write about a lot in the book, the adaptive child part of us, were so screwy that we knew that if we just did what quote unquote came naturally to us, we would make a mess. I've known that since I'd been a little boy. I've always known there was something better. And I'm a seeker, Melinda's a seeker. And my life journey has been to find, learn and master a different way of being on the planet than the one I grew up with and a different way of being a man uh, than what I grew up with. I, I have a saying, I am the son of a depressed, angry man. He was the son of a depressed, angry man. I have two grown boys now, 32, 35. They do not say that, and their children will not say that. Congratulations. That, that is the greatest accomplishment. It really life. is. Congratulations. I have the most respect for being the person who turns and faces the flames. And there is no greater joy than seeing your children not have to continue the generational trauma. Well, I have a feeling I'm talking to someone who turned to face the flames and so. Uh... I continue to face them as we do because it's ongoing journey, right? It it's is. Ongoing. But I have three children and um, my eldest child uh, who I can absolutely see that the generational trauma that I was carrying in certain areas in relation to partnerships, she does not have, she does not have it. I was so thrilled when she, when she introduced her boyfriend to me, I was like, oh my God, you've picked differently. Thank God, you thank know, God. like, thank God. It's that, like, it stopped, that piece of it has stopped. It Isn't is. That amazing? Oh my God. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm yeah, going to, I'm really going to accept that because that was yeah. the, that was the wound and she does not have it. And the reason why she doesn't have it is because you've done your work. Yes. 
And that has to do with choices that you make in the moment when you're triggered to reach for something different and you make those choices over and over and over yes. again. And imperfectly. And sometimes I am not able to, and a lot of the time I am. And when the times I can't, I'm very gentle with myself about it. Good. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. I feel like I could keep talking to you. There's so many more things I could go into, but I want to ask you um, some questions that I like to ask everybody at the end of an interview. All right, go for it. Okay. Do you know the current status on Roe v. Wade? I believe so. What is it? There ain't none. 
It's gone. Thank you, America. It's gone uh, just like we knew it was going to go if we had our wits about us. Who is feminism for? Everybody. And most importantly, I don't know why this moves me. Uh, it's for our children. It's just what you were talking about. People talk about the American dream. And what that is, the definition of the American dream is that our kids will have a better future than we have. We always think about it materialistically, but I think about it psychologically and spiritually, that our kids will be more whole and more healthy. We know from research, egalitarian marriages are happier, healthier marriages than traditional higher forms. We need to free all of us, men, women, non-binary folk of all, of all stripes. Uh, we need to be free of the straitjacket of these traditional gender roles and of the rules of patriarchy and individualism. We need to enter into a relational world. You know, the essence of my book is a critique of what I call the culture of individualism, the toxic culture. And what that means is that we place ourselves above nature and in control of it. So That's entitled. Oh my God, how arrogant. It, but it's true, sadly true. Whether the nature is our spouses or our kids or our bodies yeah. or our thinking or the planet. It's the other, and we, anything that's the other. We must move into what I call ecological wisdom, ecological humility. You're not above your marriage, you're in it, you fool. You're not above the planet, you're in it. If we don't trade a power and control model for a collaborative, democratic model, uh, we're in deep trouble, personally, societally, and on the planet. Terry, we're this already in that deep trouble. Planet. What I loved about your book is that it has very um, practical tools on how to move into another space, which is what you're talking about. And it, we're already yes. in trouble. We need, we need these tools, like, you know, a few years ago, <laughs> yeah, or more, ago. you know? Yeah. All right, I'm going to keep going with these, these questions. Okay, let me say this one thing. It's the same thing if you're talking about how to handle yourself with your spouse in the living room, or if you're talking about how you're going to be vis-a-vis -vis nature and the planet. Give up your arrogance, give up your self-centeredness, and learn that it's in your interest to be collaborative or die. What you're actually describing is seek humility. The humility, the wisdom to know that you're not above it, you're in it. And it's in your interest to take care of it. Are men who cheat just responding to their nature? Oh, huh? well, uh, sure. Uh, so are women who cheat, and so are non Anybody who cheats is responding to their nature. Uh, uh, I, I used to say, uh, back before polyamory, years ago when I was a young person, uh, monogamy is unnatural and open marriage is really fraught. Pick your poison. Now, open marriage isn't so fraught. There are new models that are coming out, some of which work. And certainly, um, uh, it, it, once you move out of a heteronormative frame, uh, open marriage has been the norm for gay men for a long time. So uh, yeah, it's in your nature, but so what? I say to people who cheat, you don't ask somebody why they cheat. Uh, it, it's obvious, it's fun, it's flattering, it's sexually pleasurable. You ask somebody why they don't cheat. Mm. You don't cheat because you don't want to hurt your partner. You don't want to look your kids in the eye when they say, why did you screw around on mom or dad? You, you, you don't want to ruin your, there's a lot of reasons. You, you don't cheat to preserve what you've got. And the question when I'm working with somebody who's been unfaithful is what overrode that wisdom in you? Mm. Disconnection from self. Big issue and disconnection from others. Yeah. Well, if it's disconnection from self then it's disconnection from others. Right. Or just entitlement. Yeah. Yeah. You wrote a great, well, you were interviewed for the New York times. It was a fantastic piece about 
how it's normal for spouses to hate their spouse. It really resonated with me. I also sent that to my husband. Speaking to that, how often do you hate your wife? <laughs> my dear, uh, what we teach our, uh, our, our clients to say is a part of me. It goes down a lot better. There's a part of me that hates parts of her on a daily basis. Um, Belinda fidgets, drives me crazy. She's always moving something. Uh, and uh, and sometimes I'll say to her, look, I, I, I'm getting agitated. Could you do me a favor? That's how you say it. I'm getting agitated. Could you do me a favor and be still? You're taking you ownership of the fact that this is you and your problem. They're not doing it to you. Right. Nothing wrong with them. That you, It's just that you've got a problem with this and you're asking for their help to support you with your issue. Cool. And you know what? Sometimes she says, sure. And sometimes she says, why don't you think about some medication? I'm not changing a thing. That's uh, marriage. Sometimes you get it and sometimes you don't. I talk to people about micro disappointment. We're with imperfect human beings. And sometimes you're going to get disappointed. It's okay. You'll live. It's all right. Keep breathing. Right. I'm building resilience to that, right? Allowing building the muscle of, of knowing that there are micro disappointments so often. Um, what does boys will be boys mean to you? Uh, it means that uh, young men get a free pass to act like idiots. Uh, and uh, when I teach my relational course, uh, I, this is going to be a big point. M parents, uh, insist that your boys be relational, insist on it. Don't give in to that monosyllabic bullshit. Um, I'll tell you a story, I like to tell stories. I know we're through the end, but when my son was, oh, I don't know, elementary school, I was driving him to hockey practice and it was one of these, how is school good, uh, monosyllable. And I pulled off the side of the road and I said, listen, I'm doing you a favor right now, I'm driving you to hockey practice. Here's what you have to do to me. You have to converse with me. You can't just sit there and give me one word. So if you want to go, that's the deal. I want to hear one thing you learned today, one thing you observed, and one thing you felt. Go. That's great. You and gave him specifics that he could respond to. You didn't leave it wide right. open. He would have been lost with that. That's right. And this is a true story. You know what he said to me? He said, you know, I'm going to hockey practice. There's something going on in hockey practices about the kids who go to private school and the kids who go to public school. It's like, it's not right between them. He's like eight or nine. I say, what is it? So I don't know, I can't describe it, but it's kind of like what happens when you get white kids and black kids together. My little nine-year-old was discovering class. He would no more have said that to me if I hadn't insisted on it than fly to the moon. So hold on to your boys. Be close to your boys and insist that they be relational with you. How do you spell patriarchy? How do you spell it? D-A-D, <laughs> -D, I don't know, how do you spell it? <laughs> um, describe where the clitoris is. Say again? Describe where the clitoris is. <laughs> I you like my questions. Uh, for many, for many men, it's the land of the unknown. Uh, what about the Terry Real? Where's the clitoris? Uh, well, it's. Uh, I don't even know how to answer that question. It's 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 above the vagina. It, it, I'll tell you one thing about the clitoris. It's a funny thing you ask. Uh, it is not a little penis, as Freud described it. It's its own little organ, and. Um, uh, I'll let people discover where it is on their own. Thank you. What is a mansplainer? What is a man's what? What is a mansplainer? Oh, a mansplainer? You know, there's a difference between understanding why something happens and justifying it. And it's a thin line. Uh, so the word I use a lot with men is you were set up to. Oh, you were set up to be the jerk you are now. I can understand that. 
uh, I have an attitude. Uh, when I first started working with men, there was therapy that held them accountable. Very few. Very um, few. Domestic violence programs, feminism, addiction. And there were those that held them in, in with empathy, but nobody did both at the same time. And it was really my mentor, Pia Melody, who taught me that grandiosity comes from false empowerment, which is no favor to the child. Mm. Male privilege is imposed on little boys, whether they want it or not. You did not ask for this. Now you're a jerk. I'm sorry, you're a jerk. Let's unwind this and teach you how to do it differently. And I call this attitude of empathy and accountability, oh, you poor perpetrator. Mm. I'm sorry that you were set up to be so selfish and unrelated. Let's help you out of this. That's a really empowered position and perspective to give to men. And I really value it because separating what was handed to them that they didn't ask for, as well as acknowledging what was their choice and that they need to take ownership for is, as you say, both of those are really crucial to move forward. Hold the person in warm regard, hold the behavior with utter uh, coldness and, uh, and objectivity. This is what you did. And let me help you out. You know, I end so many sessions by saying, hey, Bill, uh, you're a decent man. I've been with indecent men to the bone. They're called sociopaths and they're cold, but you're not. You're warm, you're connected. I like being with you. You know what's so sad, Bill, who's been a liar, a cheater, a philanderer for 30 years? I am talking to a decent man who has behaved indecently for the last three decades. Will you let me rescue the real you from this crap? That's how we do it. Does and anyone say, hell no, I'm out of here, Terry. I do not want to do this work. Yeah, they do. But few and far between, few and far between. Well, I wanna thank you for all the work that you do to help guide and raise men. I know multiple men that you have personally helped immensely, especially in their marriages. Thank you. And I'm very grateful for your work. And I've really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you so much, Terry. You know, um, I'll tell you, Amanda, sitting with you and talking like this, uh, I want to give you feedback. Uh, it's not like talking to an interviewer. It's like talking to a fellow seeker. And um, it's clear uh, you and I have been on the same path in different ways. And that's what we're bringing out into the world. And the world needs it. So I, I want to thank you. And uh, empower you to keep doing the wonderful work you're doing. Thank you. That means a lot to me. Thank you for acknowledging and recognizing me and what I am hoping to bring into the world as well. I appreciate it. It's beautiful. You are bringing it into the world. Thank you, Terry. Thank you so much. All right. Well, that was Terry Real. How about that for a fascinating and insightful interview, huh? That man is incredible. I loved interviewing him so much. And if you love our show, please share this with someone. Share this episode with someone that you think would be interested or just quite frankly needs to hear Terry Reel's perspective. Uh, and, you know, comment, like, follow us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And you can always follow me, Amanda Decadene, on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. Share your thoughts with me on any of those platforms. I love to hear what you think of these episodes that I'm making for you. So thanks for listening in and I'll see you next week. Bye. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. 
The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to reu hotels and resorts and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.